Hey guys, welcome to episode 122 of the JV Club with my guests, the Sklars. Uh, I've known the Sklars forever. They uh, have always just, oh my gosh, they always include me in, in projects whenever they can and um, they just make me laugh really hard. I guess I, I talk about that a lot during the episode, but um, really great guys. Uh, I've been on their podcast, the Sklarbro uh, Country, um, and uh, and I just enjoy their company so much. So, so glad they were able to join me. Um, I want to get some shout outs in. I want to thank AJ. I want to thank Amber um, for your emails. I want to thank David, Rachel, Allison, Mindy, Alexis, and Rick for your comments on Facebook. Also want to thank all the uh, the t-shirt orderers. I'm so excited. Boy, I, I might have to get some help uh, getting this stuff shipped out. Suddenly I I realize I'm a one-man band in many ways, although I do have beautiful Victoria and Jules helping me out from afar. But uh, I got to get some hands-on help, I think. Um, <laughs> it's the best problem to have. I'm so excited that so many of you want t-shirts. Um, uh, I, I have received and hopefully have been in contact with almost all of you via the JV Club Facebook page. If you don't have a Facebook account, I think somebody tweeted me that they didn't. Um, feel free to also just email me at Janet at janetvarney.com. That's Janet at janetvarney.com. And um, I will get that email and I will also be able to uh, hook you up from there. Um, so thanks for that. I want to, uh, acknowledge, uh, Ted PJ as Demon Sydney from Howard's, uh, Nerdist page episode. And then, uh, I've been tweeting about this as well, but I do want to, um, throw some support in for the, uh, beautiful Kula Vilesak, who is working on her, uh, documentary origin story. You can support her post-production phase, um, by going to igg.me backslash at backslash origin story doc now listen i don't expect you to write down all of that you can also just uh i'm sure if you um google kulop and origin story or if you go on twitter you'll see that that a lot of people are, are getting behind this project so i know you'll be able to find it even if you didn't write down every word and backslash i just said um and then the last thing i feel you know listen it's uh everybody's talking about it everybody's been talking about it um of course, it, I, I can't not acknowledge that it's been a really weird couple of days uh, for so many of us, I think, um, because of uh, the death of Robin Williams. Um, obviously, uh, now we've also lost Lauren Bacall, but that was a little bit of a different situation. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know what to say other than that... Um, you know, for those of us who have sort of touched a little bit of darkness in our lives uh, emotionally, and there have been a lot of guests on the show who have, and I know that there are a lot of you who connect with that on some level, whether you've had a loved one who is in that position or you yourself have gone through it, or maybe you're going through it now. Um, I just want to, you know, let you know that you're in a community of people where there's a solidarity and an understanding. And, um, at no time will you ever hear me say that someone who takes their own life is selfish and I, and I can't get angry at that person. I really believe that it's, um, uh, the, the end game of a, of a very real, very serious disease. And, um, that we need to really be compassionate for, you know, the people who go through that. And also of course the families, Okay, boy, I'm sure you've been hearing that from a million different places, but um, it is something that's kind of affected me um, really deeply, maybe more deeply than I expected. And it's just something that's on my mind. So uh, I, I wish you guys all the best. Um, it's an opportunity for me to express my appreciation and, and love for the listeners. And um, I will uh, talk to you soon. Okay.
Now entering Nerdist.com. start my podcast with a loud sound of water being, water being poured. poured into a glass it's very soothing that was it yeah it's a li- <laughs> it's a little bit like a rushing stream meets am i drinking straight vodka neither who pours vodka straight like if i hear, if someone's like making a drink for me and i'm like yeah let's put some vodka and i hear the slightest Gulp, gulp. I'm like, nope, I can't drink that. If I don't you're care. pouring that much vodka, you should be drinking it from the bottle like yeah. a heathen, yeah. like the Mine heathen well. that you are. Mine as well. Just kind of wave it in the air and yell at people or a while you're doing it. goddamn funnel. That's right. That's right. Are you guys, are you a lightweight, Rand? Are oh, you a yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like yeah. a good drink, but I just, you know, I never could get into and I just, uh, it bums me out and I, and I fear I may never. Part of me thinks that, like, maybe someday I will. Yeah. But, like, I envy the people who are like, I love a good sketch. I know. Those people Sit are everywhere with the thing here. in the sky. It's like – but I'm then th- there are people yeah. like Patton, Patton Oswald, who is – who loves scotch for all the right – not because of how it makes him look. Right. Or how it – he's just like, I love it. Yeah. I love the idea. It's like yeah. I imagine him drinking a scotch and then going to an old typewriter, like, yeah, <laughs> typing out a classic bit Tightening with like up his smoking jacket, with like a flannel like throw over sure. his legs. Sure, the way like my legs he don't work definitely. anymore. <laughs> this scotch has made my legs not work anymore. Can't work. I loved him in that random Alfred Hitchcock movie that yeah. we just described. Yeah. Yeah. Legs don't work. Oh, you, know, you remember legs God. don't work? <laughs> I love legs. It's it's called, uh, it was a sequel to A Room with a View. Sure, it's called, sure. It's legs called don't work. It's that, that guy later in yeah. life. You know what was weird is that they thought it was going to be a surprise when we found out the legs didn't work, but yeah. that was the title of the movie. Yeah. Legs don't work. Why were people so shocked? We were know. surprised that they didn't see it coming. It was a different time. <laughs> it was a different, it was a different time, time yeah. everyone. Yeah. Oh, my God. Guys, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, uh, I've been looking forward we to this We have given you before. so much grief about not being on your show that <laughs> is just all it wasn't you an inter- option. I know. I know. I feel like we forced you into you kind this. Kind of were a huge motivation to so, be honest with you. I wanted to come on and be like, so, ran out of women, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Ran. You know what? Here someone did say that almost seriously, and I was like, let's be just very clear on. on this. Stop. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to be like, huh. I well, just, <laughs> we well, did it. it. Yeah. There's nobody left. Yeah. But there are dumbass people who think that. No, for sure. For sure. They're like, well, yeah. Hopefully. Well, how long is your podcast? Will you do a podcast where you just interview women? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a fun year. Oh, my God. Terrible. Like, I feel like I got like hints of that. But for the most part, luckily, I haven't had a lot. I mean, certainly, I don't think I've had anyone on the podcast. That would have been a horrible mistake to realize in the moment. Like, thanks for <laughs> oh, doing Oh, you're one podcast. of those. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, you're proving okay. everything that the yeah. haters are saying. Exactly, exactly. Mm. No, but you guys know. I mean, I've just I've known you for such a long time now, mm-hmm. and um, 
boy, I don't know if anyone makes me giggly the way that you guys do. Like when we were working on back on tops, I just felt like I was giggling every five seconds. So great. I mean, let's just be honest. And you're not the type of person who you're not a huge like. I'm gonna blow my own horn here, but toot my own Does it horn. Blow the horn. Or I think it's blow. I think yeah. it's blow my own. I'm gonna blow my own horn. Almost sounds like I'm. I brought a horn. <laughs> or I'm gonna blow myself. Band, like or... literally, like I'm going to give myself. <laughs> you're not one to two. Right. You're not you're one to, to give yourself fellatio. <laughs> You're not one to toot your own vuvuzela, but that's right. You no, you are. You were so good, and it was one of those projects for us where we wrote it and then said we had these people in mind that we wanted to play certain things, and then you would write. Then once people were set, we would write to those people, which is really the best way to do a project. Yeah, that does feel good because to have that voice in your head, mm-hmm. and just like I trust this person that they'll be able to carry it off. And this is what we always said. We said. And I think we even said this to you and everybody. If you do it exactly the way it exists on the page, we'll be really happy. It'll be great. But whatever you bring to it otherwise will be even better. Yeah. And so I don't know. To me, it was a very freeing project in that way. I mean, I would love to make more of them. Oh, my God. Can, and people can still see it, yeah? Can they? Yeah, you can go so on. Is it YouTube? still on YouTube? Sure. Back on tops. That's double P, guys, like the baseball cards. Yeah. What a joy and a pleasure. And also – Great people in it. Great people Crazy in it. Crazy great, great people in it. Great people in it. Great people behind the scenes. Like every time I run into Neil Mahoney, I still – Talk to him. I can't, like, Neil I can't. Mahoney, who edited it and shot yeah. some of it. Uh, Mike Blyden, who's Mike like an Blyden? incredible I mean, director. Peter Atencio, Peter who directs Atencio, yeah. Key and Peele. We had like the best of the best. Yeah. It was great team. I'm it still talking incredible. about it. I still talk about that show. Oh, so do we. I still talk about that we show. We loved it. And yeah. I don't want to imply great... that I've had like nothing good happen to me You've since. You've had a lot it, of good. It was just that good. I love that that's – and that was our intention is that we wanted to create something that people love. And because without a lot of, you know – sort of outside forces on top of us saying you need to do it this way or we needed to bring it in in a certain direction that it was, I felt like we could make the show that we wanted to make. Yeah. And so, yeah. We short, were able of to- do, short of doing a podcast, that doesn't happen very often. That's no. why so many of us do that too. Yeah. Um, this is also exciting for me because I don't have two people on very often, and, but I have because there I just aren't enough women. I mean, that's the problem. Because I, I don't want to like, burn through two at one time. I could have half a woman, and then it, maybe I'd <laughs> yeah. have it for a little longer. Yeah. Um, well, one no. man equals. Half yeah. <laughs> oh God. I mean, that's just math, guys. A, wait, can is argue that right? That. Or no, one uh, woman equals half. That's actually a huge compliment to a woman. One man equals half a woman. I always flip flop my that's insult, name my insult math. I always, always <laughs> flip flop my insult math. Um, but this is exciting because the couple of times that I have had two people on, there is a lot of like, and where were you raised? And what about you? Mm-hmm. And how about? And what were your parents like? Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've ever had siblings. Siblings? You've never had siblings on. I've never had siblings on. Mm, you got to have Laura and Sarah Silverman on. This is going to that show. would actually be great. Or the Baldwins. <laughs> Next on my list, the Baldwin you twins. Guys, unfortunately, the Baldwin twins weren't available. Uh, aren't so there some like female Baldwin to... twins? Uh, no, that is, it is. It was a very big part, and I, we feel like the biggest part of being twins is being raised at the same time and yeah. under the same circumstances and with the same set of surroundings. I mean, you see it way more now. Now that we have kids, like we have kids that are my youngest is a year and a half older than uh, Jay's son, my oldest, his oldest son, and they're like a generation apart like yeah. he plays with the phone and does stuff that my <sighs> youngest so doesn't true. even do i mean like is a humongous gap mm-hmm. yeah between that and when i think about the fact that had they grown up at the exact same time it's a different thing yeah absolutely i mean we're talking like 
18 months here. But That does blow me away. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about the speed of technology affecting There's no like, way moments you would of unless, kids being born and right. developing that way. Yeah, but it's a different – like it's I, in many ways, I'm not trying to say it's harder for me to raise kids now than when Randy was raising kids back when he was doing it, way back when. But <laughs> it is a different ballgame. No, it is. Uh, it feels very different. It feels like you're constantly fighting the battle against technology. Yeah. You're like, how can I get this kid away from this and into out? It's like doors. AI. Do you it? and do you think it's a losing battle in the sense that at some point people are going to stop even thinking that there is a battle? Yes, I think people will stop of, thinking no, that fine. there is a battle. I think sometimes I think that way too. Yeah, uh, I honestly don't know. I mean. Because we don't know how because when you're a young person, you think to yourself, I don't want to be the curmudgeon. Like, I'm never going to be the person that says, in my day, and that is an in my day situation. I just said in my day, day the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and when I was a kid, and I started saying these words were coming out of my mouth, and I'm like, oh, shit. I know, I know. I was like, when I was a kid, we didn't have phones. That so you, and he was like, "Well, how did people call you?" And I was like, "Well, there were phones at the house, but like we weren't walking around holding a phone." And he was like, "Well, did you have iPads?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "No iPad." That was like bigger than the phone. I was like, "No." And he's like, "Well, well how'd you play Angry Birds?" <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, we wrote it down on a thing. <laughs> we shot at actual birds out of slingshots at pigs. No, it was it was one of those things where I was like, "Yeah, we didn't have that." I was like, "We just we messed around outside and we played sports and we played games and stuff, and it was really fun and." You know, I, I don't know that that got through to him, and I'm, I have no idea. I'm, There's I'm no human way that got through to him. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm assuming it didn't. Because, in, because if you if you're like me, you can still connect back. Like you can still you. And I oh, guess this yeah. may be true for everyone. You connect back to the kid that you were, and that feels real close. But then you look at a child and realize how far away it is. So it's not like you're remembering your time kind of distantly, like. I, it's, it, you know it what I is, mean? It, you, you immediately it's get transported. It's all happening at once. When it's I see my way. nine-year-old who kind of looks like – she looks like me when I was a kid, like same face, same everything. I'm transported back to when I was that age. They just went to school today for the first – Yeah, my son, first day of kindergarten today and I oh got gosh, nervous. Guys. I told the teacher I got – I had anxiety. Sure. The first day of school anxiety as you're walking to school. I'm like, who are these kids going to be? How am I going to connect uh. with these kids? I mean I really need to connect with these goddamn kids. <laughs> This and is, for Randy and I, we growing up, you know, we were never in the same class, and so oh, see that I wouldn't they know. they separated us, separated us. It was like was that it, a thing? Was well, that it was like thing? the time we, <laughs> our dad made us work uh, right before the summer of our senior so year. We were teenager, eighteen, eighteen. See, before we went to University of Michigan, we both went there. Before we went there, we had a summer, and we didn't have a car, so our dad would drop us off and he wanted us to work at the same place as he went down to work downtown St. Louis from the, you know, like out west to downtown east Saint, into St. Louis. And he dropped us off at a full service gas station where he got his car where he would like get gas on yeah. the way down there and he talked them into hiring us. But they wouldn't hire us at the same station because they felt like if I saw him, this was their Stealing gas. If I saw Jason what? stealing gas, I wouldn't report it. Therefore, I guess proving the old theory oh, that blood is thicker than gas. Is that a thing? Blood yes. is thicker yes. than gas. So blood is thicker than methane. Uh, and so wow. ethanol. And so uh, they separated us and put us in two separate full-service Clark gas stations that were a mile apart. So our dad just had to drop us off at two places on his way down to work. But and that was a continuation of, of that was like in in high about, in school like, they're better, like well, listen we better separate what if he did something ASAP. immoral and I saw it I would but I remember feeling like oh yeah you know I don't have my brother and going.
going into this thing, it's all me in this world, which I was exciting. And then it was also anxiety producing. Sure. But that is interesting because I don't feel like – I guess I haven't really gone in depth with with twins I've known about what their their school was like. And I never – I never had classes – with twins, like there were a couple, there were, you're right, there are so many more today because of like in, fertility in, drugs in and, all, and all, people yeah. having babies later. Yeah, it's yeah. The whole thing. So I feel like there were like a couple of sets of twins, maybe, and they were sort of fascinating to people. They weren't and, in the same class, they were outside. But yeah. I don't, but they, but you know what? I think this is weird, but I think the only twins I even knew didn't even go to my school. Right. They were like, they rode my bus. So it was I had no such idea a random, yeah. it was a much bigger deal. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe one, one of the factors that got us into doing comedy is that people were fascinated by you and then by the two of us. And then it was sort of like everybody that we had this attention on us. Mm-hmm. So now what do you do with it? Right. You could either shy away from it, which you know some people were, but that understandably that so. wasn't in our yeah. makeup. We were like huge fans of comedy, even from a younger than that age. So we were like, let's just be funny and see what it does. And we were funny with each other and funny with our parents and their and, friends. Yeah, we fought, but we we do we do not. Fight. My kids are not great at like fighting and the handling it on their own. Yeah, I have two daughters that are like two, engage two years apart. Not only do they engage me, this is what my new role has become because the younger one is now of the age where she is not putting up with anything. She's really putting her foot down uh-huh. and not putting up with it. And so it is like it comes to a head and basically I am a small claims court judge. <laughs> That's what I've become. I'm no longer a father. Right. I'm just literally like let Referee. me look. I want to hear – it's sure. essentially I could be listening to someone talk about how they didn't pay the rent for three months <laughs> right. and like – He went said upstairs. I could – I mean, He yeah. hit me with an oven cord. <laughs> <laughs> like that is what I'm dealing with on a day-to-day oh, basis. God. I am a small claims court You shouldn't court have judge. bought that oven yeah. cord. And <laughs> you, you didn't – and you guys weren't like that when you were like – We would fight and then get done with it and then get over it quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are there any other kids in your family? No, just us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then – so when you so when you guys were – where were you when you were in uh, high school? High school, St. Louis. You were in St. Louis. St. Louis, Missouri. went to a public high school this year. This is so great and I'm so sad that we actually won't be there for the actual ceremony. But <clears throat> we are being inducted into our uh, school district's Hall of Fame. Amazing. I mean, Did that is. Did you know that your school district had a Hall of Fame no. before this happened? Well, no. We, yeah. I mean, they wanted to induct us two years ago, and then we couldn't do it. So we knew. No, about but it. I think that was the moment we found out about yeah. it. Because my dad just was inducted into the high school I went to, and that he taught at Hall of Fame, and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hall of Fame. I, to be honest with you, I don't care. Who else is in the Hall of Fame in your, dist- in your school district? It's lots of people. I mean, Pete Rowe is not inducted. He's not allowed because uh, he gambled on high school games. No, uh, <laughs> no. We uh, who else? I don't even know who. A lot of people who. Went on to be journalists, and okay. there's a it's a list. Some authors, it, it's a cool list. It's actually a, an honor to be a part of it. Oh yeah, deal. for sure. Yeah. I just don't, it's just not something you think about if no. you don't live in the place where you came from. And but it was a public school. Up, you know? I I give it a lot of credit. We uh, we kind of took it. We had a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. Like we're in this public school, and there were some great private schools. Like mm-hmm. John Hamm went to the private school. In there was like a really good one of called course. Burroughs. Of course, uh-huh. Hammer went there. <laughs> then he went back and taught there, taught acting there for a while. Oh, when he wow. kind of left LA for a while, came back to St. Louis and taught at John Burroughs High School. That's cool. I didn't know that. But we always had a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. We went to Parkway North High School, and we thought, you know, 
it was a much more mixed. Had you racial. gone to private school up <clears throat> no, to that no, point or no? No, no. but, but you just kids. were aware of the. Yeah. You're aware. You're aware of mm-hmm. all the other schools and the wealth and the sort of. And we were like, our, our our smart kids were really smart, and we sent a lot of kids to Ivy League schools and really good schools, and we took a lot of pride in that. It was almost like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, we can. I mean, you were really proud of the public education that we wound up getting. I mean, and and now our kids are both in public schools here in L.A., which is a much more you're threading the needle there. I mean, there's so few great schools. But with the influx of type A parents, like some that were on the fence are now getting better and whatnot. But it is it is cool. I'm excited that we're in the public school. I think it's a great. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, I'm totally dyed in the wool, sort of liberal public education mm-hmm. person that wants so much for funding to go into that instead of everything getting funneled into private schools. And I stuff. also think it's good. I mean, I was sitting in the orientation day. I think it's good to have like crappy desks. And like, you know, <clears throat> like not everything has to be not everything has to be like state of the art. State of the art. And so that I was almost going to say not everything has to be the minority report. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a reference from like 10 years ago. Like now, like I passed you that. That would be public school. You only have my <laughs> We just report. got minority port report technology. <laughs> like with both. Well, you have to use you both hands to just swipe a giant I just do it with one oven. finger. Yeah. I point my finger at it and it moves it over. <laughs> you needed both hands to swipe it across. Uh, yeah, no, it's. You I needed need John King's special gloves with ham like little, hands. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but what were you saying, Jay? I was just saying I think it's kind of cool that you know that that kids deal with what resources you have, and maybe they aren't always the best, but you figure out what how to make this work for you because that ultimately is more like what the world will be for you. I think – well, I, I love what you're saying and I, I do feel like there is – I mean that is kind of going against the flow of that sort of helicopter parent thing that everyone talks about. And I'm not a parent, so I'm sort of on the periphery mm-hmm. of it um, looking at it more, I guess, objectively. I don't know if that I'm ever objective. No, but, you judge the shit but, uh, out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and rightfully so. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I do think that um, – like I was just listening to something – I don't know how recent it was. It might have been like a, a fairly recent uh, – TED Talk or something about somebody who created this sort of like it's I think it's called like tink- tinkering school or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like a, a camp that kids can go to where they can kind of do things that all parents now think is like too dangerous. Like mm-hmm. don't let them play with matches ever. Don't let them tinker around with like broken anything. You know, mm-hmm. don't. And there's a place like that in I think Scotland too. But there's this sort of like uprising of, hey, you know what? We need to back off. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, how broken is this generation? Not really, not no. broken, but yet not you know, broken. We we're and, out and, playing, you know, by ourselves, and no one really knows the effects of what it is. If you protect, there's this big balance. Yeah. Yes, the, and I feel like this is the balance that we're constantly trying to to figure out. You know, like what's over? It when does it hurt them by overprotecting them? You might you might save them in the moment. But screw them later. I know. And you're – I mean that's the big question and that's the – I mean it's kind of – I think we were lucky in when we were kids because we had each other. Certainly even going through like the awkward time of high school, I think we had – our parents were less sort of hovering with mm-hmm. us and involved and in trying to keep us because they knew we had each other. So we were never really alone. Mm-hmm. We had backing and we had support of somebody. I think that – 
that helped us. Yeah. Well, how does that um, come into play in terms of, you know, obviously classes that you guys were taking uh, when you are in a high school? Like, it, it's not like someone can decide <clears throat> to separate you, right? I mean, if you're going to take algebra, did you end up with the same or, you know, were you in classes together? We kind of no, weren't. We weren't. Still we weren't. really weren't. In high school, they didn't either. They just didn't huh. want us – I don't know why I they was, made a big deal so out of that. It's so interesting. Yeah, they really did. It was good. It forced us to kind of develop like your own Like you have to do your own homework. Somebody could do – I guess it's true. I guess it could be like your one identity. of you does one class's homework and the other one does the other classes. Like yeah. you're, you're, it's just going to be shortcuts all uh, the way through. Which is which will only hurt you. Although, yeah. I mean, I to this day can't tell you one thing that I remember from like chemistry or physics calculus. or calculus. Yeah. calculus. Ugh, like I, no, I none of that calculus. stuff. Yeah. Like I was trying to do long division with one of my kids and I was like – like I, this is the way I, I mean, this is how I ended the whole thing. I was like, well, this is the way I would do it. <laughs> That's <laughs> never a good thing to say math. to your kid, is there? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the way There's I did. There's more than one right answer. Right. No, no, no that there is isn't. not true. That's, that is not true for math. This is math. This yeah. is really one right please, answer. Just please, please don't you think that. Think. But yeah. I mean, it. Were you, you guys know, good students? We were. Great, great students. And is that something that, I mean, because you were talking about kind of the pride that you took and what, what education you were able to get out of that. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you feel like was instilled in you by your parents? Absolutely. They're like, you better. That was the top priority. That was it. But And you respected that. You weren't yeah. teenagers who were like, our parents are dumb. No. You never went no. through that phase? We I, No. We kind of I mean, didn't. I don't, I don't know. We were great. Know we were great, great kids. Yeah. I wish my kids were as good <laughs> to me as I was to to as we were to our parents because yeah. I don't know. We just were like. I mean, that also that didn't mean that we didn't smoke pot when we were in high school. We didn't like go out. We drank. We smoked pot. We partied. We did all the things. You know, we went on scavenger hunts and stole street signs. We did stuff that kids do. Yeah. We just weren't. It wasn't all in a giant f you to our parents. Right. It wasn't an attempt. Anger. Or it like, wasn't fueled yeah, by this. So oh, yeah, the, the watch us screw this up. You Same. want us to be good in school? We were like, we were like, let's do well in school because you know why? Because that's going to put us, give us tons of options when this thing is over of places we can go and start our lives and go somewhere else. So yeah. ultimately, that was what you know. That's what I think we knew we were getting out of St. Mm-hmm. Louis. Not that there's anything wrong with St. Louis, but I think we knew that maybe there was something bigger for us yeah. out there. Maybe yeah. something existed out of outside of the world that we could even see in that moment. Yeah. There was something around a corner for us. And I think we felt it, you know, and and being counter to that would have been counterproductive to that goal. Mm-hmm. And did does it, how much communication did you guys have with each other about like actual thoughts and feelings you were having about that sort of a thing? Anything, just like you mm. know, would you would you would you confide That's in each other? Question. Or because you're because you know you're boys, you're, you're two straight boys, right? And so I'm always interested. These guys know yeah. with the Boys of Summer series. I'm interested in yeah. how much access to your own emotions and kind of. That sort of analysis you were you were giving yourself, or were you just kind of like existing? it's almost like we rushed past that 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 is almost too we became even more intimate and even closer than that that it sharing the way I felt about something as a high school student with him would have been like, what are you doing? Like uh-huh. that's would have felt like a strange talking to us that I was talking to a stranger. Oh, we almost went too you sort far. Of intuitively already yeah. know kind of what And maybe on. we should have more, but I don't know. We were pretty in touch with the way we felt. Yeah. And we would share that with other people, but maybe not so much with each other. And what about girls? 
We got involved – well, we were involved with a lot of like – because we were into the Jewish thing too, like some Jewish youth groups and stuff, mm-hmm. which exposed us to a lot of different types of people outside of our high school, like kids from other cities and camp kids. And there, there was a lot of that pervaded Those people life. seemed to – they were culturally a little bit more uh, advanced and those are the like people. The kids from Minneapolis were like into cool music and into comedy. And we had friends in Kansas City. I had a guy actually who came over to my house recently, uh, last a week and a half ago, who was lived in Kansas City. He was uh, in this Jewish youth group that we were in. We met on this thing, and then we kept in touch with each other. And we would send each other videotapes, like hilarious sketches, basically sketches yeah. on video that we would send back and forth to each other and just send a tape back and forth. And they, we weren't doing that that's with so anyone in our high great. school. Yeah, that's It was just so a creative great, right? thing. When you, have the, when you have the opportunity, I was always jealous of my Jewish friends, of which I had many, almost mm. all of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every time they would go to the JCC or like go to camp or something, not to say that I didn't have a world that stretched outside of my high school, but that opportunity where you really are experiencing, I mean, unless you're like a jet setting kid who spends, you know, two years abroad, like with their parents, you know, every summer they go somewhere new. Mm -hmm. But if, but if you don't have that to have, even the community of, even that, even that's not even as close to what we're talking about. What we're talking about was this gathering of a bunch of kids who are our age, sharing high school age, your experiences and like your ideas and the things you're into from like the city that you're in and being creative together. Cool. Be creating. I I think that, that helped us in terms of like starting the creative process for us sure more than anything else because we're like oh we got to do something Randy and I would be sitting around it's almost like you have a set of comedy we're like we got to make something on this video that's going to make these people laugh because they're going to show it to their friends in Kansas City it's going to be a whole thing so it got us like really going and creating and these guys as well and then it also like you'd come together and there'd be new girls and it was always fun and it was like there was this electricity around these like events like these weekend long conclaves or whatever they were or camp in a summertime where you'd go away and you could be a different person. You know, I like high school loved to put you in a little box, specifically public high school. Like, it's, you know, the kids on the football team usually dated the girls right. who were the cheerleaders. I mean, it was like a very public high school in the Midwest in the 80s, late 80s. So it was very much like most movies that mm-hmm, were about mm-hmm. high school uh, that we all grew up on. But uh, you could escape that and go to this whole other place where like not, none of those lines existed because all these kids were like out to have this other type of experience. And so it was like kids who were into these funny, weird movies and these guys who loved comedy and these great, you know, into the Smiths and the, you know, like yeah. now all of a sudden there's like all these people who are in- introducing us to like, oh, the, you don't like the Smith and the, the Smiths and the Curry? You got to get into this music. Oh, okay. So now we're pulling this stuff that we never even weren't exposed to in our high school, which was kind of amazing. And and so what were the things that, and this can, I guess, uh, will end up dovetailing into kind of what we're, we were talking about before we got started and what's going on today, mm-hmm. but what who were your influences? That, like what was exciting to you about comedy and who were you watching? I mean, we were huge Letterman fans. Like everything Letterman did, everything he did, we were Letterman and SNL, those two things. So Letterman during the week and whatever happened, and there was no internet, so you just kind of had to watch it or tape it or whatever. Right. And so, all I, I just I, I remember one specific bit even that like turned us on to Letterman when we were very young. It was it was maybe it was eighty five. This bit was the, 
it was a bit about <laughs> it was so brilliant because of where it I know what you're talking about. It was about. a viewer exactly. mail. Of course you know what it you're It was a viewer about. mail. Well, we talked about this a lot. We love this. It was a viewer mail message that he got and he responded to. And basically it was a message from someone in St. Louis because Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals at the time, the Mets, it was like the Cardinals Mets. In 84, the Mets won the World Series. In 85, the Cardinals won the, lost the World Series. I should have said won, but they lost. 86, the Mets won. 87, the Cardinals won. So it was a very Cardinals much of a rival. Lost, yeah. Rivalry uh, in this division, and someone wrote in from St. Louis, "Dear Dave, the Mets are pumped." No, 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 no. He wrote a whole. Oh yeah, other thing. yeah he wrote a whole other thing. That's what right. was the other thing? Can you remember what the other thing was? I don't remember what the other thing was. I don't know, but at the end, he wrote. P.S. It was like the most. It was such a simple question to ask Dave, like, why would you be asking Dave this question? Uh-huh. And at the very end, he said, P.S., the Mets are pond scum. All right. <laughs> so to which Dave, you know, you thought he was going to deal with what he had said in the body of the letter. Right. But he said, thank uh, you. Thank, thank you very much, Gary. I remember the guy's name was Gary. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> thank you very much, Gary. Uh, the Mets are, in fact, not, not pond scum. scum. Let me prove it to you with this chart right here. So he pulls, he pulls, out, pulls out a chart, chart, and the chart is okay. So, like, do you remember all of them? I do. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, Mets occasionally damp. Pond scum occasionally, occasionally damp. damp. All right, Gary. Fine. Right, maybe you got that. Maybe got me. Mets consume microbes. Pond scum also <laughs> consumes <laughs> microbes. <laughs> Mets have one player named Mookie. Pond scum. Everyone is named Mookie. Hilarious! I mean, and the crowd goes wild. We're we're like, what? Just ha- that is so for him to take that left turn sure. out of nowhere. And if I think back on what we did on cheap seats and what we did with most oh, yeah. record, it's like let's pick this tiny detail I know, I love it. and then let's blow Absurdity, it out into the silliness some, and absurdity. It was it was so freeing and sort of. And sort of wonderful that 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 existed. It was like electrifying. It was like so. It was that, and then it was SNL. And again, like our years, the years we sort of you know were really we would like watch SNL, and then the next day. Speaking of connecting it to Judaism, we would go to Sunday school the next day, and that's all we would do is redo the sketches from the night before. Yeah. So it was like it was Eddie Murphy. It was you know Joe Piscopo before Brad he started Hall. working out. Brad Hall, it, who we met later, we were in a movie. He came to like a screening of a movie, and again, like Brad Hall was like doing the news, and Tim Kazarinski would do like little bits on the who news. Who later we had on our podcast in Chicago at Second City, and got to tell him how much he and he like couldn't believe it. I we were like, "Are you kidding me? This was you don't understand us as kids, kind of watching yeah. this. This was, it was." Because our parents would – our parents would like go out because they always went out on a Saturday night, leave us with the babysitter. But as they were like going out, that period of time before like they were about to go out was kind of fun because you know they were in a good mood because they were about to go out and do something. We were in a good mood because we knew we were going to stay up late and watch TV. But every Saturday night it was Love Boat and Fantasy Island. Amazing. And you'd be like watching – Dance Fever and Solid Gold before, as it was like kind of leading up to it and like listening to records and stuff. And I mean, it was, there was like excitement yeah. about like the, what the whole evening would bring. And that was all fine. And watching The Incredible Hulk and the Dukes of Hazard, that's that was Friday fun. Nights. That was Friday nights. That, that was fine. But Saturday Night Live was another. Saturday Night Live and Letterman was when we started to say, all right, all these other things are, are, are just, Things that we're consuming as the public, but mm-hmm. these things are ours. Speaking to you and just that like on, like vibrating on a level that is just different. And, and I will that, never and then, really and then, recognize it. And then there was that's right. That's a hundred percent right. And then there was one other. There was Rodney Dangerfield's like ninth 
Young Comedian Special, the one that had Sam Kinison on it and Seinfeld. And Robert Townsend. Go back and watch Robert Townsend set on that thing. It is – you were like – you're not – the greatest stand-up in the world, you're, you're not, but you are – you have a mind that is so creative that, of course, the Hollywood Shuffle came from you. You know, of course, you are going to create all these unbelievable and amazing things because of just the way – he spent the first two minutes of his act speaking in a pretty, pretty solid British accent. And oh, wow. then he flips I it. Have, no, I think I've seen it. Robert yeah. Townsend is like, he just starts talking in a, in a British <laughs> accent. And he's like, and then as a black man, is like, <laughs> I'm from the west side of Chicago. <laughs> he, just, he literally I was like, what are you doing? This is so weird and crazy and interesting. And again, that sort of blew our minds. And we would learn everybody's act and we would do it in front of our friends. So I go back and watch Seinfeld's. Six seven minute set from uh, from the young community. It's a pretty damn near perfect set of comedy. It is so unreal because he has big bits that like the crowd goes crazy over. Little tiny things like he's saying his mom lives in Florida and is always going. What do you think of this wall? What do you think of this Uh wall? And he's like, to me, if it's forcing you to use the door to get out of the room, it's doing its job. (laughs) Like that is a brilliant joke. Yeah. That is not a setup and a punchline joke. That's so specific. We when we caught on to Seinfeld and we saw him there, and then we started to really get into him, and then we saw him do an hours. We like saved our money and we went to the Westport Playhouse, which was in St. Louis, which was a theater in the round of eleven hundred seats, and saw Seinfeld come there right after he did done his HBO special. I mean, we were so hooked on him. And we were telling everyone, we're like, you got to hear this guy. He's so funny and it's such a shame that you don't know who he is. What's wrong with you? No one's going to know him. No one's going to know who he is. And we we were were, were concerned uh, for Jerry. And we were pretty much right. You're right. You're (laughs) absolutely right. right. Well, this is the thing that I'm observing as I'm talking to you guys. I can't say that this comes as a surprise, but it is interesting to me. Two things came to my mind. Number one. The, uh, and they're tied together. Number one, the idea that I really feel like you guys kind of understood who you were mm. from a very young age. And that's kind of rare. I think – I mean a lot of us feel like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm – yes, I'm the same as I was. But um, I think a lot of people feel more lost and kind of drifty for uh, you know a period of their, t- of their lives, especially in adolescence. And then two, the idea that um, the memories that you guys have – I mean this is kind of stating the obvious, mm. but – so many – like our understanding of memories, like especially me as an only child, I'm kind of – like I've forgotten so much oh, yeah. because you have to have that other person who experienced it too to mm-hmm. keep the memory real. It's and like an oral history. Exactly. And you keep retelling it. Exactly. And, and so fortunately that, for mm-hmm. us, we're in this business where we can keep retelling it. Yeah. Where we can bring it up and talk to you about it and whatnot. I mean there's another big moment. I would say a huge moment. I mean I would – I credit our parents with a lot and our dad who's no longer here who was – a great and really funny person. I credit him with a lot of, you know, I mean, and we've talked about this on podcasts before, but he was the type of guy that he would take us somewhere, you know, but he worked a lot. Okay. He like traveled a lot. He worked for basically, he worked for like the paper company in uh, the office. Mm-hmm. He, he worked that in St. Louis. It was called Tension Envelope, oh which my. is such a terror. There was like, that's not wow. someone's last name. It was just like, can you imagine going to a place? It's like, <laughs> so weird. Tension is, is in the name. It's just that's awful. So weird. So, uh, <laughs> and then, but then paired with something that's like the least tense thing envelope. you could possibly imagine. <laughs> envelope. Envelope. Uh, uh, and he would take us down there and he would, he would take us there, but he, he really, 
loved spending time with us and and I didn't feel like – even though he traveled a lot, I did not feel like he was not present. He was present a lot and he loved being around us and he loved taking us everywhere. Everywhere. It didn't matter. You got to go Got to go to the cleaners, got to go to the gas station. I'll run all the errands with you and then he'd take us fishing and I mean he was just a wonderful person who did a lot with us. But every time he went anywhere – Within like two seconds of him talking to somebody and we would just see it from the car. This is like with the time when you just leave your kids in the car and then go in. And, and the car's like right. running and we're like listening to the radio. Like <laughs> anyone like could have taken A giant arrow saying steal <laughs> yes, these kids. No, me too. And so – but we would watch him and like within like two seconds, the person would be laughing. Whatever interaction oh, wow. he had. Oh, yeah. And you see that over and over and over again so and you're cool. like, ooh, that's important. That's important. And, and then when we'd – like I remember we'd be at home and like we would try and be funny and and, and that was sort of – This is so it was picture <laughs> in the most adorable way. I know. We would really try and be funny and I'll never forget this. This was, this was when it was – and our dad like loved Alan Sherman, you know, Hello Mudda, Hello Fat. I mean he kind of loved those old comedy things and Abbott and Costello. Buddy he kinda, Hackett. He kind of looked like Buddy Hackett <laughs> and he also looked like uh, – and Lou Costello a little bit, right? That's the look. Yeah, he's a bigger guy. He and was... then he looked a little like Sue Costello, which was a weird thing. <laughs> okay, interesting, interesting, interesting. <laughs> Boston <laughs> comic from the 90s. <laughs> you're not going to – You're not going to – Nobody kind of had that sort of jolly. He was like a Jewish Santa Claus, you know. Mm-hmm. He was kind of roly poly and and just silly in that sort of a way, and 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 had just you could tell he was never really. I don't think he ever fulfilled the promise of how funny he could have been. And he owned his own business and had a lot of stress at times, but like he he was a very funny guy. But what happened? What they did one time, and I'll never forget this. And this was so important to us, and it is to this day one of my favorite movies of all time. They, I don't even know how old we were, but our our uncle who worked at a uh, at an appliance store in Southern California called Phil and Jim's. Mm-hmm. It was a appliance store chain, and then he unceremoniously got got released from the company, which sucked. But he went on to do other things, and he's still around. and He's a wonderful guy, uh, Uncle Bob. He got us like a Hitachi. <laughs> uh, VCR and this is like when it could have been beta or VCR. We had friends that had betas and this was like it's a both. VCR. It was both. But the Hitachi, which was so funny because it had a remote control that was attached. It was Hitachi. Oh, sure. It was attached to it. And How like, dare you? But it How would it, but it, it wouldn't reach the couch. So literally you had to stand you were like you would have done better by just pressing the button. You were attached. You were attached. So, so they but like he also sent us like some videotapes and whatnot and our parents got a hold of Airplane when it came out on videotape. Yeah. This was a couple of years after it had come out and it came out on videotape and we had a bunch of families over and watched all of us watch Airplane together. Now we didn't do this for any other movie. Okay, it's such a perfect movie to do that. With. Uh, it was. It was. First of all, there's tits in it. I should mention yeah. that. You're like anytime Whoops. you can get a little sneak. <laughs> but we're like something. ten. Yeah. I want to say like ten. This is probably like eighty two, and yeah. we're there's tits in it. There's <laughs> shit that hits the fan. I mean, there's like tons of. So, yeah. but we sat down as a fan, and we and I remember what an event it was having people over in our in our den watching the everybody made the popcorn. Everyone sat down. We all sat like as a group sat down and watched this movie, friends and other kids, and we were laughing so hard. And it was it was an event, mm-hmm. and it also set kept this that this was an important thing. That like comedy is important Absolutely. in some way. Watching our dad laugh really hard at that was 
very significant. Yeah, I feel I mean because my dad's really funny too, and that is such a huge because. You know, a lot of the time the joke gets made on my podcast and elsewhere that, you know, you have to be broken to become a comedian, that sort of cliche and mm-hmm. stuff. And certainly that is tr- that is often true, mm-hmm. but that, that the influences that you can get from the funny people in your life as a youth and like what you what you watch and what you're exposed to all the way from Sesame Street and The Muppet Show and things like that. If, you, if you're fortunate to have parents who really make that a priority – in one way or another, I do think it gets – it just really gets in there and cements so early and you you understand like the natural high of humor on a really profound foundational level and it becomes like a part of you in a way that you you kind of need to keep – you want to keep growing that. You yep. want to keep growing and it. And it's up know? to you how you then sort of take it. I mean yeah. you could be like, oh, I'm just going to be a funny person who just is – Or know, I'll be a lover of comedy for the rest of my life. Or I look parents. at the world in a funny way or this or that. But, but I, th- I don't think you have to be broken to do to, – to, to succeed even at comedy. I think – it is a thing that drives a lot of people. You and need it, to have a drive. Whatever that drive mm-hmm. is, it's something has to drive you. If something mm-hmm. is broken inside of you, that is usually a and you are and your drive is to either fix it or understand why it happened, that is usually a very powerful drive. If you have an extreme passion for something, then that can be an equal equally powerful drive. I mean, I don't know that we were broken. I definitely think Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I like, definitely you just don't that's not where I see it coming from. But I think we from, lived for you, you know? We lived a different existence than 99% of the world, which is that we, you know, incubated inside of a person at the same time. We came out at the same time. We experienced all these things at the same time. And we are trying to make sense of that, or we have tried to make sense of that our whole lives. And I think comedy is a really interesting way to to try to figure it out. Yeah. And it's manifested itself in other ways, you know, as we get older. So it manifests itself in ways of like, well, this industry kind of doesn't know what to do with us. Mm-hmm. They really don't. I mean, there are the twin roles and stuff that they come along every once in a while. So we've had to create a lot of what our own thing is going to be, and it's really on us. And and you're a long shot almost every time, you know, and sometimes it hits and sometimes it goes through and sometimes it's miraculous and other times you get in there and you win a job and then lose it because they're like this doesn't work right and so that's what we're driving against this thing of like they're not it's not allowing us in and so we have to figure out a way to get in and that is our our drive because we do believe what we have to say is significant on some level for some people mm-hmm. um listen this is a very pedestrian question i'm embarrassed to ask it because you mm-hmm. probably get asked it all the time but because which you guys you? had so but which one who am i talking to right now <laughs> Who am I talking to? Sorry, new phone. Who is this? Who am I talking to? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, uh, I just wonder because you had so much in common and and you shared so much of the same passions and views and stuff is – I mean were there situations where one of you would like a girl and the other one would be like, "Mm, I also kind of really like her. Yeah, yeah, that's happened. I think that's happened. And then you just kind of sort of say, all right, well, who was – (laughs) <laughs> who's cool. been happy the most re- most recently? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Then the other person. We're pretty generous with each other in terms of like I won't step in and you know try. Yeah, and- it doesn't seem like you had that. I mean, I do know a, a couple of twins who were like really had to get over their incessant rivalry. feel of of rivalry and like competition and identity in that way. Like I've got I've got to separate myself from this person. I've got to you know. It always felt like a huge time waster. Mm. Like see we, that's that maturity I'm talking about. Uh, it would have been so like, I think our parents also instilled our our father's brother. He had two brothers, and his older brother 
who he was very close with, very, very close. The three of them were as tight as can be. I think there was probably five years between the three of them. This is pretty So that could have gone either way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The night before his wedding, my father's father, which was out here in California, out here in California. The older brother. The Uh night before the older brother's wedding. Our dad was in the middle. Okay. Our father's father died here in California. Like no, no, no. Set. On the plane. Oh, was it on the plane? On oh, the plane. Yeah. It was on the plane. Yeah. yeah a heart sorry. attack on the That's plane. That's right. But, they, but then they, they, they landed. died here. Like they landed here and he died. So it was devastating for the family. There was the wife, the woman who our, our, our uncle was marrying and insisted on the wedding continuing, even though everyone was like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? There's a father. So this started this rift. So our – Father, our grandmother was like, well, okay, well, there can't be any dancing at the wedding because it's the Jewish tradition. It was this whole thing. So that severed that family mm. forever mm. For, for 25 years. We didn't really know our uncle. We saw him once. Uh, and our dad – it broke our dad's heart to not have this person in his life. And I think from a very early age, he was like, I can't let this happen to these boys. I can't let what happened to me happen to these kids. And so from a very early age, he was very clear, like, you can have differences. You can fight with each other, but you don't – you know, your family is the most important thing and you don't – he didn't outright say, look what happened to me and right. Uncle Kenny. But like this is the – I think that was the defining moment for him in terms of how he was going to raise us. And so as a result, and, and all those was, things, all and, those other things. And by the way, was, he dealt with this in another way too. I mean this is crazy. So there was – we had a lot of family in St. Louis where we grew up. There was a lot of family there. And it was his his bar mitzvah. I think our dad – our dad had his bar mitzvah when he was 13 years old. And then afterwards was this party at our grandma. At, at his parents' house, and they have this great house in like University City near Washu, great old house, and and it was just they were having this party there, and they they invited all the relatives, the other side of the you know all the people from the grandma's side on the other thing, and they said they couldn't come because they were having a barbecue, they were going to a barbecue now. A bar mitzvah is no, next to your wedding is like the yeah, most there's important. There's only one. It only happens right. one time. Right. And so our grandmother, very, and she was pretty, she was fierce. pretty domineering. She was pretty fierce, but she also had a wicked sense of humor too. Was like, yeah, that's right, because uh, you can have a bar mitzvah anytime, but there's only once when you can go to a barbecue. So. <laughs> Fuck you. Right. And she was like that. So basically, that half of the family was they cut him off. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we won't talk to him. What you just did proved to us the way you feel about us and the way you felt. Who knows why and all this other stuff. Again, this is stuff that's like we kind of just have learned somewhat recently. Interesting. And what's crazy with Facebook and with the fact that we are visible people, some of those people from that side have like tried to get, try back, to get back in touch, touch. with us. Yeah. And I'm like ambivalent. I mean, these are kids of the other people who acted crappy, but like – I'm just like, I'm all fine with it, but I'm also like, I have no relationship to you because I don't know you. So you are just a stranger saying hi. But But I think that being in our dad's past too, he was sort of like, I don't want to create any sort of a, that sort of a, you you shouldn't allow, sort of like, don't let, he he said two things to us. Don't fight in public. Mm -hmm. That was the thing. Don't fight in public, which once we started playing sports, like that kind of went off out because like, you know, we'd be. 
one of us, I'd be pitching and Jay would be in the outfield. And if I was like not doing well, he would just like be getting on me from the outfield in a way that like other. Didn't t- you see us get yeah. on each other during the during back on tops? Yeah. Oh yeah, you saw us get on each other like we'd screw up but lines like, and stuff. It was so. It's, it's still funny. So. It's still it was very funny. sweet. It's, yes. I mean, it's like you're clearly, it's like a married couple that you're not worried are going to get divorced. You right. know what I'm saying? It's the difference between like the old couple that you're like, they love each yeah, other right. versus like there was something very wrong here that <laughs> need to not be in each other's lives. Right. No, but like you'd get other kids on other teams like on the base pass going like, hey, leave him alone. <laughs> like, he's trying his best, all right? <laughs> yes, I got a double off him, but he's trying his best. What sports were you guys playing besides baseball? Baseball, soccer a little bit of basketball and then golf and tennis on our own. Yeah. Yeah. Love tennis. And, and tennis. 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 Which you were part of that <laughs> great. so bit. good on tennis. Like we've, before? We've used you in everything we've ever oh done. God, you should know that. You should know and that. And are always thinking of, you know, and that that is my goal. This is what I try to tell our friend. We have a really good friend who I think is one of the greatest impressionists. His name is Gar Ryness. He's the batting stance guy. He can do any batting stance. Any. I Any mean, player in the last 50 years. In the last 50 years. If That's you say, amazing. you name a player who you God, grew up with. it would be so wasted on me. <laughs> so wasted on you. Whatever. I mean, no, d- but put it this amazing. way. He was on Letterman. He did on Letterman. Yeah. I highly uh, rec- please. I mean, I'm in the I minority. highly recommend yeah. going to see it. And, and you don't – but like what he does is he'll do, he'll do a little thing like Derek Jeter. We all know who Derek Jeter is. Yeah. He's retiring this year. And he was like – Derek Jeter calls for timeout. He doesn't – when he steps into the batter's box to dig his feet in and cleats in. You know, most guys put the hand up to the umpire to timeout. He's like, Jeter calls with his wrist. <laughs> it's such like a feminine thing that he does. And Letterman was laughing so hard oh. and he did all that. And he, he's just amazing. And I was – yesterday, I was throwing the – I was throwing a baseball around with him because Jay and I are going to uh, throw out the first pitch at a Cardinals game. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, on September 20th. That's so so, cool. so excited. But I got to start as an old man. I got to uh-huh. start throwing or else my Loosen arm's going to – you got 50 nice cent it down the first baseline. It. Yeah, right. I mean you got to start throwing. And so I was throwing with him and I said to him and I said this out loud. And I was like I just want to be powerful enough that I can then employ all of our friends – who we love so much, who we know. Like we trust ourselves in terms of talent, in terms of being able to identify what talent is for us. That's all I want. I know. That's all I want to be powerful enough that that I could just give everyone a job. world where it's like, you know, you know, we're going to be doing something next year. I don't know what it is yet, but it's happening. You go do what you do, but make sure you come back for me for this thing that we're going to do. All right. I'm going to get into some mash, guys. This is uh, how I end uh, my podcast. And we never even got um, to what we talked, we were talking to. I know. It's true. It's true. Listen to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. I had, well, I jotted down some categories um, while you guys were talking, some categories. Uh, and you do get to answer separately. You may have some of the same answers. Mm. But um, I'm going to start with uh, each of you um, three bands that you mm. could conjure up, drop of a hat, living or dead, singer-songwriter, <laughs> doesn't matter, who basically can sort of per- perform at your behest whenever you want. <gasps> oh, wow. my God. Oh, my God. All, most of the questions are oh like my this, God. So I've, 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 <laughs> I've got You'll mine. end up with one because that's how MASH works. Okay. It's a process Ooh, of elimination. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me start. Okay. Can I give the reasoning for why or do just just say what it is? I think just say, I think what, say it is. what it is because only because we have two and yeah. I don't want to um, run uh, the Smiths okay. with Morrissey. And FYI, no one has bothered with a this is Randy and this is Jason so oh, it's that's been a Randy. waste of time. But for Randy, Randy. The, Smiths, the Smiths, Elvis Costello and the Attractions. 
uh, and the Hold Steady. Great. Jay. Bob Marley and the Whalers. Um, Wilco. Nice. And hmm, maybe like from the earlier side, uh, my morning jacket. Oh, nice. <clears throat> Good polls, guys. Mm-hmm, I should have mm-hmm. known you're mm-hmm. be quick on your feet. Mm-hmm. Okay, next thing tomorrow, Matrix style. No endless training and practice necessary. Three sports you wake up and are the fucking best at. Wow. Easily. Want to dunk a basketball? Hands down. Uh, golf. Like a zero, like playing under par mm-hmm, golf mm-hmm. would be just so much fun. Um, and I'm trying to think what else. What other sport? While he's thinking too, Jay, if you have ones that you want to throw out. Uh, I'd say soccer, like World Cup level soccer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, That's what this is. That's what it is. Basketball would be – it would be basketball for me too. Great, great, great. Because it's just something I could never do. That's good because I put it out of order. So when this like determines itself, Mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. both of you can be good basketball players. (laughs) I think it would be cool. This is a sport I've never done, but I think it would be really cool to be good at surfing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. There's like a thousand reasons I'm afraid that will never happen for me, and it would be great to just erase all of them and just I be know. an amazing surfer. Uh, I would say hockey. Great. Great, great, great. Okay. <clears throat> Three movies that you can jump into, and I don't mean you're in them as an actor. I mean they are real worlds. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, okay, like Trading easily. Places is real or whatever. Easily. Uh, mm-hmm. Days and Confused. Great. Like hands down, Days and Confused. Great. Um, what else? What other – I mean that's that's like a given. That yeah. is a given. I yeah. would go to every single thing. I'd be at that party, <laughs> just hanging out at the playing billiards. I'd be at the baseball game rooting for Wiley Wiggins. I don't sure, care. I sure, don't care. Sure. I'm there at everything. Sure. I'll paddle a few kids. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> just everything about that. Was uh, I'd say for me, Anchorman, the original okay. Anchorman. Love it. Uh, that world, just to be in their universe. Oh yeah. Just to be in the newsroom, just a guy working in the newsroom. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. all I would want to be. be. That so would be great. ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I would also say, and this is a weird small indie thing, but I loved their lives, even though they got a little weird. Uh, walking and talking. Oh God, I love that movie. Didn't yeah. we, did you want to like work so in the video good. store with yeah. the ugly guy? Yeah. yeah. And if everyone were that kind of articulate and and sort of oh, self aware and interesting I mean, and communicating, Nicole, what's in Nicole Hall of Center? Hall Center. Yeah. I'm such a huge uh, fan. The Me station too. agent. Oh, great. So great. I would just love to sit uh, on the porch with Patricia, what's her name? Uh, Clarkson. 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 Oh, yeah. just, just Bobby Cannavale. And you know, I just, saw sh- I just saw a movie that I thought was so sweet. And I kept wanting there to be like more of an edge. But I, and, and then I was like, is this say- what is this saying about me? That, you're that not I'm like, to accept that, or that I, that I really enjoy it. And I like, oh. I thought the, but I don't know if I want to jump into this world, but I'm just going to mention that I thought it was sweet yeah. it was uh, Chef. Oh God, I movie. loved it too. I just I thought I it was sweet. I mean, well, yes, you can there was. Feel, and I feel you feel you feel Favreau being like, "Hey, I can make movies." You That's know what I mean? Right. Like, I can make a movie that That's I feel right. great about That's... that doesn't involve something blowing up. Right. And I felt like he was, yeah, like he kind of was like, "This is what I want to make yeah. right now." And everybody pushing me to go in this direction or whatever, but it wouldn't be that. Yeah, I really uh, enjoyed it too. I feel the same. Breaking away. Oh, thank you. Breaking away. God, Breaking me away. too. You're not a cutter. 
I'm me, a cutter. Listen, I would You're be. Not a I want to be a cutter because I want to. Sh- I want to jump right off into that quarry and go for a swim and with end my up buddies. In refrigerator. Up to and including Daniel Stern might marry Daniel Stern's character. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, how hilarious that! How you Zero. doing, buddy? Well, aside from what's going on in the Middle East, I think I'm doing all right. <laughs> great line, great line, hilarious. I know I'm paraphrasing it, but uh, yeah. I mean, but uh, I can't even. Well, I mean, I've just completely skipped over like every Woody Allen movie where you're just like. I, I mean, that's that's, that's what I was. Gonna I know say. these are off the cuff. I just. So I just watched Annie Hall again, which, of course, okay, it's easy to say you like Annie Hall. I mean, again, I, I would live in Hannah and her sisters. I, I know, like that too. universe. Every Woody Allen. I like, want to be at every party where there's an old person who used to be on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> he's a narcissist. His marriage is falling apart, but he's leading this great party. gets the shit together to sing the one song. The wish fulfillment of all the children running around this table in this, like, 12-room New York City apartment is and every single person is divorced but okay with their exes and like somehow reconnecting with everybody yeah. and everybody it's is so ridiculously yeah. evolved. I know. It really is. And then I think I would even up the ante. I might up the ante and go into something that has magic in it too, like Alice or mm-hmm. um like I mean, uh Purple Rose of Cairo. Uh, Purple Rose of Cairo. I mean like, it's but, everything and then there's like And then now game. I'm like thinking like oh my god match ro- point the royal like the bombs. No. Yeah yeah <laughs> Royal yeah. Tannen bombs. Like you can going, do a swip swap if you need to on I'm anything. I'm gonna do a, and you still get one. Do you want to do Annie Hall or do you want to do a different one? I think I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say Annie Hall. I, the the scene where they're out at Paul Simon's house and there's like a lot of dancing going on at a day party, which for me I just love. Perfect. It, it just it, there's a moment where uh, now I'm blanking on his name. What who's the actor? His buddy who plays who he calls Max. Who he's oh Tony Roberts. Tony Roberts. Oh yeah. Where Tony Roberts. It, Woody Allen introduces him to this tall model person who's playing, uh, who's, who, who I don't know her name, but she's Paul Simon's girlfriend in the, in the scene. And, uh, and he's like, well, you got, and Woody Allen's like, you guys are both, uh, dressed in white. Uh, you guys can connect with each other. And he's eating nuts. <laughs> he's like, yeah, maybe we can operate together. It was just this <laughs> tiny throwaway moment that I was like, are you kidding me? That, and then, I want to be in that party. I want to yeah. turn to someone and be like, he gives great meaning. Oh that, God, and, and then absolutely. when, when Jeff Goldblum was like, I've I forgotten my mantra, mantra. I thought it was such a corny line until I recently started meditating. And like my kids wanted yeah. to meditate and we all got mantras. Just this is one great Adorable. moment. This is one great moment. And so she's got to do the mashups. I know she's got to do the mashups, but we were getting our mantras. And, like, <laughs> the, the guy does like a Sanskrit thing where he does the whole ceremony and, and chants and puts like, you know, rice and water and flowers and dips them all in and then Beautiful. gives you your mantra. It was so great. And he wanted the two of us to be there while my two daughters were receiving their mantra. And your whole, the, each person when you're receiving your mantra is holding like a big sunflower. And I'm looking at my wife and I'm like, I can't believe these kids want to do this. This is so great. And I look back over my kids and they are literally beating the shit out of each other with their flowers. <laughs> I was like, stop beating the crap out of your sister while with she's receiving flower. her mantra. Too much irony, guys. Too, too much, much irony. Guys, it's too, too thick with irony. Um, beautiful. Okay. Uh, three Places that you would want to have a vacation home anywhere in the world. Oh, <laughs> what are you Everywhere. doing to me? Everywhere. What are you doing to me? Um, I'll tell you. There's a place that I go, and I was just back there with my family. Randy. It's me, Randy. Uh, in Long Island, it's the Isle of Wight. Oh, W-I-G-H-T. Uh, it's right in Lawrence, Long Island. A lot of and W-H-I-T-E people out there. Yeah, a lot yeah. of W-H-I-T people in W-I-G-H-T. And uh, there are a bunch of homes out there that are like just in this small area and – Amy's mom and stepdad had a, have a house there, but 
There are some is other that ones a different there. Isle of Wight than what's in when I'm 64? Yes. You know, it is? Yeah. There's a different Isle? Yeah. I mean, I think there's an Isle of Wight in England. There must be. Yeah. Yes. And so this You is, never know. Sometimes they sing about like crazy no. places like Tucson. So yeah, no, no, no. you that, never know. But. but this is, yeah. I mean, this is a small kind of area, but it's like right on protected marshland and it's just beautiful. And I, it's close to the city. And I mean, it, it, I just would love to have it. That's one, that is one place that Great. I would definitely have a, a house. I'm going to say for me, uh, guys, are great question. I mean, these are such good questions. <laughs> That's why I love this game. I think uh, – wow. I'm thinking of the places that we've been – that I've been. Like I would love to get a place down in Patagonia. Um, Mm, I've been down there and it is just in the Chilean side, in the Torres del Paine National Park. It is unbelievable. Uh, I'm I'm going to practically say Palm Springs. I love Palm Springs. I love going out there. I just love like a – and again, this is why I'd want it. I'd want it so that I could just invite all of our friends to come out. Come on, let's go. Again, I want to just be as – that's a reason to be like successful and whatnot, to be like, come on out to the Palm Springs house. We're going out this weekend and just show up. I mean like that to me is is joy. I mean that is pure I know. Joy. It sounds like the Palm Springs version of everybody getting together and watching airplanes. Right. That's right. It is. That's it. I'd want I'd want to place a vacation house to be an apartment in New York City. Great. Apartment. I would love that. I would absolutely love oh, it. Oh, I can't decide Downtown, whether it West might be Village. a mansion, apartment, shack, or house. So ooh, uh, wow. we don't know because that's how MASH works. I love got a, NYC ooh. in here. Oh, I would love San Francisco too. Great. Ugh, right there right? with you. So just, right just roll out for Sketchfest and we're good to go. Yep, done. How about Mill Valley? Like just right mm. out. Mm. Go for it. Right, or Tiburon. I mean that's where oh, my, that's yeah, my in-laws live. It's right. unreal. All right. A, what do you want me to put? Tiburon? No, uh, that's too close to the in-laws. Nothing against that. I'm against it, but close enough. Probably a vacation home. That's oh, I would say maybe like Portland. Portland, right? Couldn't love it more. Couldn't love more. Okay. Now this is a this is a little awkward, but this is a component of Mash. Listen, you both have beautiful wives. I know Mm -hmm. them both. Mm -hmm. I adore them both. Now in the Mash, you do usually get a crush. Mm-hmm. Now that could just be like maybe it's a, it ends up just being a, a date, but this is an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. It could that. be people that you think if you don't want to get in trouble. Now. Don't say anyone that's at your kid's yeah. a mom <laughs> at your kid's school. Yeah. That would My daughter has the sweetest friend. Yeah, no. um, but uh, but and or it could also be like you know hearkening back to like you know oh, yeah. I'll always back go for a Daphne Zuniga and the Shore Thing uh, reference kind of thing too, or like uh, you know I mean, it's hard to go wrong with a Jennifer. What's her name? Why am I blanking Jason on it? Lee. From uh, Jennifer, sure, sure. Jennifer Gray, Dirty Jennifer Dancing. Connelly, oh, Labyrinth. That one comes oh, up yeah, a lot. That's true. Jennifer. <laughs> um, anyway, so three crushes. Jennifer Gray pre knows. Um, uh, let me yeah. see. Uh, crushes. Oh my god. I'll do one. Kate Winslet, Little Children. Ugh, agreed. Jesus. Oh man. Kidding me? Cute? Come on. Terrific. Um, wow. This is hard. <laughs> <laughs> This is hard because, like, if I do ever think about it, it's like so stuffed down. Uh-huh. Like, gotta, I'm just, I'm, 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 get crushes, even when oh, yeah, happy. Yes, you know, yes, yes. Abso- absolutely, absolutely. God, who do I just? I mean, there are a lot of like. Oh, I mean, it. It's. It almost seems like, like, uh, like too cliche to say it, but I do watch the show, and I do. As a Jew, it makes me hard to say this about this person. Heidi Klum is so cute. I know she's on so that cute. goddamn show. I know, I know. I, she I might even be on ignore. My list. I ignore the fact that she was a supermodel. I yeah. just go, "Ooh, she's so cute." Yeah, 
She's like, uh, she is ridiculous. She really is. Yeah. She's making me okay with Germany. (laughs) I Uh, think she's I have a huge, let's see, who else? Like, I love athletes. I have a huge question. I mean, I love Jenny Finch, the pitcher, the softball pitcher. I think she is, she's a little tall, but I love her. She's amazing. In our MASH universe, it all balanced. It's all good. I'm trying to think who else. God. Jesus, this is really hard because I don't even. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who I'll throw it in for like, Tina Fey. I'll throw a Tina Fey right, in there. I mean right. that, and that's even someone in our like yeah. age wheelhouse. Yeah. But she's just so funny and yeah. so like so on cute. it, and you would just be like, "Ooh, what a fun!" No, life this is all be. great. Like, I can't yeah. tell you how glad I am that you're not picking just like random stupid. People. I mean, look. It's hard to get over Phoebe Cates and Fast Times. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, that was your opportunity to call back those teenage. But then there's like that big thing if you're like masturbating to her, like coming out of the pool. There's always a moment where you're finishing up and then you're masturbating to Judge (laughs) (laughs) Judge Reinhold masturbating, and then it's like an MC Escher painting of masturbation. So to speak. <laughs> you got to get it respect. done. You got to <laughs> get it done. You got to get it done fast. Oh, my God. Get her done. It was a joy to write <laughs> Phoebe Cates' name. Get her done. You have there people done. Have, have people done Phoebe Cates? I, I think mean, one person said Phoebe Cates. You know who we met and we got to work with? And God damn, she was so cute. Oh. And I would – is uh, Elizabeth Shue. Mm. Oh, oh for sure. Great She's And like one. when she got in shape and was oh. like, oh. Because she was always cute like yeah. in Cocktail and yeah. uh, and and – Karate Kid, but like mm-hmm. she started to like exercise. And she was like <laughs> in good shape, and she's like, I mean, she's beautiful. I mean, yeah. and she's definitely within our like. Yeah. She's a little older I, than us, but like in our age though. range, and funny too. Turns, yeah, yep. great, great, great. Okay, three and Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's over, and I'm so glad. Okay, next one is three foods. Uh, that you can conjure up whenever you want. It would just be sitting right next to you. It could be as specific as mm-hmm. a thing that you had once somewhere mm-hmm. that you wish you could have again or mm-hmm. you always get it when you go to. Or it could just be like you love pizza. Three things. Number one, okay? Mm. Our mom makes Mayfair dressing. Oh, my. It's called Mayfair dressing. It's an anchovy-based uh, dip dressing that you dip vegetables in and you put it on salads. And it is Great. the greatest thing in the world. I want a whole quart of it sitting right here. Great. And then a bunch of cauliflower to dip in it. Great. Okay. Uh Second thing is um, I had this – oh, shoot. I had it. Uh, glad corn. It is blown out field corn. It's basically the bottom kernels been from the popcorn. been changed to popped kerns. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just on the Excuse internet me. looking it up. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> name change. Popped kerns. Excuse me. Apostrophe D K E R N. Popped kerns. So – uh, those which are like the bottom half popped kernels that you get a whole bag of them. It's incredible. Great. So I, I love that. And uh, and then the last thing would be um, there is a frozen custard in St. Louis called Ooh. Ted Drew's. Mm-hmm. It would be a Ted Drew's uh, butterscotch flavored frozen custard with caramel sauce on it with Heath bar mixed in extra Heath mixed in and you get that thing piled high. I'm telling you after a St. Louis Cardinals baseball game or I just you take our kids there after go to St. Louis and visit. It is the greatest frozen custard in the mm, world bar none. So there you go. Right Those now. three things right Perfect here and perfection. I'm set. Uh, I'm going to say a hamburger from the Corner Bistro at 3 in the morning in New York City. So time is of the essence. Uh, No, Mm. it's just – I mean it is an unbelievable burger. 
Like, so good. God, I just got so hungry. Uh, right? It makes you that kind of hungry. Uh, I would say – The orchetta from Moza. What? The orchetta. Yeah, the orchetta from uh, from Moza, from Moza, Osteria Moza here in LA. Uh, and then I will go with a dessert. I thought for my entire life, for about 35 years of my life, um, that Ted Drew's frozen custard was the best frozen dessert uh-oh. ever. Uh-oh. Until uh-oh. I went to Argentina. Uh-oh. And there's a little chain, a chain of places mm-hmm. called Fredo. The dulce – am I saying dulce de leche? I'm not sure how I'm saying it. I'm doing it wrong. But it is caramel infused throughout the whole uh, – throughout all of it. It's gelato. Yum. It so is, pick something else. Pick like an Emo's pizza. No. I can't I pick anything know. else. This, this is thing great. is like – this is the thing like I jones for. That uh, – the one thing I might sub out instead of the mozza thing is uh, in Ann Arbor, mm. Zingerman's Delicatessen. Ooh. Uh, they have something called a Georgia Reuben that okay, I'm Okay, let's, wa- let's swap it out because that's less nearby. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia Reuben. Okay. Uh, moving through these quickly because I, I do – I know, I know okay, we are okay. – time is of the essence for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. uh, three uh, best friends. Now, it's just like your, your buddy, somebody from fiction, someone from sports, living or dead, just somebody, three people that you could call up and just be like, God, I'm so lucky I get to call up this person. This person loves me. Oh, you want that. You want these yeah, people like to be your these, friends. Yeah, oh. Like, All right. That you wish were. That you wish were your friends. Could be Abraham Lincoln. Could be oh, Derek Jeter. Could oh, be. Oh, God. That's amazing. Could be Letterman. Could be, you know. I would say Stan great. Musial, baseball player for the Cardinals. Um, hmm. I'm going to say Ernest Hemingway. Great. I would love to. I took a phenomenal course in college Hemingway and Fitzgerald. Was the course? It was oh, basically like we flip flop back and forth from a guy who worked with and was friends with Hemingway, uh, and it was amazing because I went in thinking like, okay, I, I am obviously a Fitzgerald fan um, from The Great Gatsby, and and I liked Hemingway, but I didn't know quite how incredible Hemingway was. By the end, by the end of the course, I'm like, no con, not even close. Amazing. It's Hemingway, uh, Stephen Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> I just am like. I'm fascinated by the Smiths, fascinated Great. by and just without a doubt love. Um, and uh, who else? Who else would I love? I mean, I heard – see, but it's like you got you, you, you're clouded by what you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say Groucho Marx, but I heard he was a douchebag. So like I wouldn't even want to go there. Right. Um, or this could be the world where you like uh, Don Rickles. Him by Don me. Rickles. Oh, great. Don great, Rickles. Great, great. To be friends with him. Great. Amazing. Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. Let me switch mine. Yeah. I'm going to switch it from Don Rickles to Mel Brooks. Oh, Period. great. Period. You know yeah. he's a great buddy. Yep. Yep. Great. That'd be amazing. Great. Just to call him and be like, please. please be our mentor. Yes. Absolutely. We kind of look like you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, do. I, I'll, I'll, I'll stay within that genre, not to be the other half of that team, but I'm going to say Carl Reiner in that mix. Please. Well. Absolutely. And Carl Marx. And I'd say Rob Reiner. I feel like all the Reiners. I met Rob Reiner, Reiner and he was wonderful at a Dodgers game. God, he was so cool. Yeah. He was with his son and he was so sweet. Yeah, right. Um, and God, who else? Who else would it be? Vince Lombardi. No, it would. Maybe it would be like. I mean, I don't want to sound. I, I mean, Tom Brady is someone who went to Michigan. Nah. Who, but I can't <laughs> say. I can't say him because he's too Republican. 
Ooh. No, not Gene Hackman's a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, it would be Paul Giamatti. He seems oh, like someone that's I want. Great. That's a guy you want to. Oh, I just love call it. You know what? Like, I'm going to see that Paul Giamatti. I'm going to raise you a Stanley Tucci. Ah! Is the Tooch now my best friend? The Tooch is because and then you can be doing a lot of blockbuster tooch. movies as yeah, the I evil know, guy. I know, I know. And meanwhile, that little movie he did, that sort of throwback movie he did with Oliver Platt, where my they, favorite movie, where they played the imposters. Yeah, yeah, like fantastic, a phenomenal I, farce. Back I know. I think about it all the time. No, we did it. You did it. Good. Okay. Good. Last, very last one. This I just threw in so that it would be funny and would make me laugh, or not. Uh, th- three things that you could have a collection of. Like, mm. I, oh, didn't you know I have the most, I have the world's best collection of vintage cars, or I have the mm. world's best mm-hmm. collection of, mm-hmm. you know, signed baseballs mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, wooden tennis rackets. Amazing. Uh, it doesn't matter how much the stuff takes up because this is an infinite amount of space mm-hmm. and mesh. Handmade tuxedos from China in 1950. Wow! Mm-hmm. And, uh, Monte Cristo number two cigars from Cuba. Wonderful. Uh, I'm going to say Italian sneakers. Ooh, love it. Because they are the best and insane. Um, and it would just be sweet to have like an endless supply of golden yeah. goose Italian sneakers. Hell yeah. Um, uh, what else? Um, maybe old cars. Like I think like old – like. We we went to an old car museum when we were shooting United States of America and like seventies muscle cars mixed in yeah. with like not even like the highest end no cars. just like char- ones with character character and like yeah. some Corvette Stingray is just about yeah. the sure. coolest car you've ever sure. seen yeah or like whatever Smokey and the Bandit was driving T top Trans T top Trans with a CB yeah Done. CB <laughs> CB <laughs> radios CBs what if, no what do you call it what a collection of CB radios CB radios put it down high end. Stereo equipment. I got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Last thing that's going to happen, Savannah, I'll just have you pause it and I'll quickly do like the calculation and we'll see which one of you says it first, but, or if you say it at the same time, but tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. All right. We can pick this back up. I'm very excited to announce your 100% guaranteed MASH futures. Okay. Great. Uh, I'm going to go – I might go in order this time. I usually try to build a whole crazy story, but okay. just in the interest of time, I'm going to just no, do your thing. lay it do on you. No, do what you got to do. Um, okay. First of all, I want to congratulate both of you. Unfortunately, although you have beautiful locales for your vacation homes, they're shacks. Uh. It's the nature of MASH, guys. It's okay. You just, it's okay. You just never know. I get know. it. I get it. Uh, but let me see if I can cheer you up a little bit. Number one – uh, Randy, you are maybe the world's best basketball player. <laughs> I love it. Jason, World Cup level best soccer player. I love it. Yeah, I am so excited about that. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, your shacks are uh, located in Randy, the Isle of Wight. Mm, I love it. So it's just a cottage. Yeah, it's, it's fine with me. Uh, Second home. Jay? Patagonia. Oh. You don't need – these are two places where you don't need some nature crazy is your, mansion. Nature is your mansion. Exactly. Yeah. Nature is my house. That might be the Na- Remember that song from the 90s? Nature, nature is, is a mansion. Amazing. They both just did a lot of chair dancing. <laughs> that was uh, – by the way, that to me was the exact same song as la da dee la da da la da dee la da da la da 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 uh, okay, yeah, I want to also congratulate you on your uh, 
easy access at any moment, Randy, to your quart of Mayfair dressing. Oh, thank you. Your mom. Always. And that it. means, Jay, you ended up with a hamburger from the Corner Bistro. Ooh, that's at good. At any moment I'll in pour time, a little bit of this on there. I'll be to get fat on uh, that. Maybe you're enjoying these wonderful um, feelings in your on your taste buds while you are listening to Jay – my morning jacket, mm-hmm. whenever you want, live mm-hmm. in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold steady, Randy. I love them. Hold steady. Absolutely love Congratulations. them. Congratulations. Nice. Um, need a little bit of break from your reality? Why don't you pop into Dazed and Confused, you son of a gun? You're never going to come out of that. I will never. I'll see You'll at the Moon Tower. You'll never come out of that. See at the Moon Tower. Guess what? You work at the news station in Anchorman. Oh, that's so good. I mean, Enjoyable. nothing makes me happier. Yeah, you'll be like giggling all day long, just Thank like I am when I'm with you guys. Mm. Um, I want to congratulate you on your astonishing collection of old cars. Oh, all right. Jay. Well done. I'll take it. In. Which means that, Randy, you have a lot of handmade tuxedos from China in the 1950s. I'm, they're the greatest things Wonderful. in the world. They so feel handsome. great. Feel great. Mm-hmm. Everyone will like the cut of your jib. That Thank goes you. without saying. My jib is beautifully cut. Uh, I want to finally, uh, two last things, mm-hmm. um, congratulate you for your fantastic friendships, Randy with Mel Brooks. Jay with Paul Giamatti. Uh, I see the four of you hanging out without question. Out I absolutely could. This, those, those want, all of those make sense. And then um, your sweet, uh, whatever it ends up being, your your wonderful romantic date, what have you, uh, with one Tina Fey, yes. Jay, and with the marvelous Elizabeth Shue. We can forget about our Randy. kids together. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that'll be wonderful. That's right. Can't Take wait. a little vacay. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, I thought you were going to ask me who you would be if anybody in history, and there's two people I would be, Elvis Costello yeah. or Bjorn Borg. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I'm going to ponder that answer mm-hmm. to the question I didn't ask. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but you guys, thank you so much for, for doing Such the podcast. Um, and finally, I would like to ask you to sing a snippet of Don Henley's Boys of Summer mm. because that is how I prefer to end the Boys of Summer podcast. Oh, wow. Uh, it's okay if you don't really remember. I don't remember all the lyrics. Even if you don't remember, just like whatever you remember. <clears throat> Out on the road today, yeah. I saw a dead head sticker on a Cadillac. There was a voice inside my head said, don't look back. You, you can, can never look back. Did I know what love was? What did I know? These days are gone forever. I better just let them go. But I can't see. stop. That's great. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 